Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining. I'm here in the podcast studio with our one and only guest, uh, Jezebel. Just kidding. Our guest today couldn't make it, so we're going to talk about her. I'm kidding again. This is a bad joke. It would be impossible to have Jezebel on the podcast. If that joke was lost about you, it was bad. Don't worry about it. We'll move on. But I think you all should know that at one time I asked my mom what she and my dad would have named me if they didn't name me Emma. And I kid you not, my mom, without skipping a beat, said Jezebel. Now, she was totally kidding. I'm confident that name was not in the running, and there's a reason why no one is actually naming their child Jezebel. But today's chapter is 1 Kings 19, and it's in this passage that we see Elijah flee Jezebel. And the passage begins like this, switching to serious mode. Verse 1. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. It's candidly a pretty a pretty depressing situation. So to set the scene, let's make sure we get our characters straight. Who is King Ahab and who is Jezebel? The Got Questions website puts it like this. Jezebel, it's a name synonymous with evil. She is the epitome of the wicked woman. So infamous is her name that to this day, no one names their baby daughter Jezebel. To call a woman a Jezebel is the greatest insult imaginable. Jezebel was the daughter of a priest of the cruel, sensuous, false god, Baal. Ethbal, the king priest of Tyre who murdered his own brother to take over the throne, was hardly a good father figure for her. But Jezebel followed in her father's footsteps and was herself a power-hungry murderess who stopped at nothing to get what she wanted. The king of Israel at this time was Ahab, a weak, self-pitying man who abdicated his authority to his bride, the princess, you guessed it, Jezebel. The article continues, In spite of God's laws forbidding idolatry and the worship of any god but the Lord— Ahab married this princess who brought to Israel with her hundreds of priests of lewd Baal worship, a cult that tended to destroy manhood and drag womanhood into shame. Jezebel was such a domineering person that she soon became master over her weak husband. One of her first acts was to order the extermination of the prophets of the Lord, that's 1 Kings 18, 4 and verse 13, and set up altars to Baal. So pervasive was her idolatrous influence in Israel that Jesus later used her name to refer to a woman who led the church at Thyatira into immorality in the worship of false gods in Revelation 2.20. The article concludes there. All that to say, these are some pretty evil characters. There's no beating around the bush. And because Jezebel was coming after Elijah, he was naturally, as anyone would be, I know I would be, 
pretty terrified, so he fled. And as I just read in the text, he found himself feeling down and depressed. Today's Devo was written by a Watermark member, Melody Chambers, and she did an excellent job when she wrote, Elijah was a great prophet and also a relatable one. In the previous chapter, the Lord allowed Elijah to defeat 450 prophets of Baal, Jezebel's henchmen. And now, in 1 Kings 19, because of Jezebel's threats, Elijah runs away in fear and disappointment. Charles Spurgeon said Elijah retreated before a beaten enemy. How quickly we forget the Lord's faithfulness. We've all been there, down and depressed. Melody continues, in 1 Kings 19.5, we see Elijah sitting underneath a scraggly tree, depressed and defeated. But in the Lord's great kindness, the angel of the Lord provides food and drink and lets Elijah sleep. Our awesome God, the creator of the universe, cares enough for Elijah to provide simple food and drink. He knows Elijah's limitations. Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. Verse 7. God knew Elijah's limitations just as he knows ours. Because of his love and grace, he provides everything we need for our own journey. In addition, the Lord pursues us despite our faithlessness. The word of the Lord comes to Elijah as he's tucked away in a cave on Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, and the Lord inquires in 1 Kings 19 verse 9, what are you doing here, Elijah? God asks him this question because Elijah had not been sent, but rather ran out of fear and self-reliance. Elijah's reply is, again, so relatable. He says, in essence, I've done everything you've asked and remained faithful, and here I am all alone and threatened for my life. It's the age-old question, is the Lord good? Psalm 100 verse 5. Does he intend good for me? Romans 8 28. Melody continues. On Mount Horeb, God could have shown himself to Elijah in many ways to display his might and sovereignty. But instead, our key verses, verses 11 and 12, describe how the Lord comes in the form of a gentle whisper to draw Elijah out of the cave and out of isolation. Elijah hears this whisper and knows it is the Lord. He knows it because he's been following the Lord and recognizes his voice. May we too have ears to hear and hearts open to receive the word of the Lord. Melody's devotional, it's excellent. She leaves us there, but she also provides some great discussion questions. And I think it'd be really helpful if we all just slowed down and took a moment to think about these four. Now, starting with number one, throughout 1 Kings 19, Elijah is preoccupied with people in his circumstances rather than keeping his eyes on the Lord. In what areas do you find yourself preoccupied, having, having taken your gaze off the Lord? Where are you preoccupied? God longs to enter those places. Confess today and invite him into those areas. Where are you preoccupied and how might God want to meet you there? Question two, Elijah expected revival from the people of Israel. What expectations have you put on the Lord and have they become demands? Is God meeting your expectations? That might just be a great thing to think and pray on right now. Question three, Elijah flees to Mount Horeb and hides in a cave in fear for his life. Where are you making strategies to meet your own needs and wants? Or in in essence, where are you running to caves when you could be trusting in God's good provision and timing? Question four, God brings Elijah out of the cave to speak with him. 
When have you been brought low? When you're low, do you stop to consider why you are where you are and what the Lord might be trying to teach you? Let me read that one again. When you've been brought low or when you are low, maybe you're feeling low right now. Do you stop to consider why you are where you are and what the Lord might be trying to teach you? He wants to meet you in it. There's some great questions to think on, and I pray we'll all take a moment to reflect on them before before moving on to whatever's next on today's schedule, today's agenda. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.